I am so upset that they, they got the house. Um, they didn't get it by much, which is fantastic. Um, a win is a win um, as far as they're concerned, even though they're, they're, they won by very slim margins. But um, I think the people that we have in the house on the Democratic side, uh, I think they're gonna put, put them to task. Hakeem, I cannot wait. I don't, they are not ready for Hakeem Jeffries. That's that Brooklyn energy. Like he's from Crown Heights. He would say, well, Queens, he was born in Queens. He's from Crown Heights. He's from Brooklyn. Like him and Chuck Schumer, like there's going to be Brooklyn leadership in Washington. They will not know what the fuck to do with them. Welcome to the weekly show about art, politics, and pop culture from a phenomenally female perspective. I'm Sarah. I'm Shantae. I'm Eliane, and this is Unapologetically She. Welcome to another episode of Unapologetically She. We are episode 11. Um, are we episode 11 of season two? I'll be losing track. Yes. Yeah, yes. we're episode of, you know, uh, 11 of season two, and we are probably episode 28. Yep. Listen, my co-host at the confirm because sometimes I'll be forgetting, I'll be like, because we've been like recording like nonstop. We took like a month break, like a summer break but like we've been like recording 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 so you know so we here we we doing the damn thing so how was y'all week it was good just getting ready for thanksgiving to come up and yeah that's i mean i have a boring life so yeah there's not a lot going on with me <laughs> it's not Thank boring you. It's, it's it's stable and normal well what about what you? you? I had about the same, just getting ready for Thanksgiving. Got my sweet potato pies made. Mm. Um, working on some others. Going to be cutting up my greens tonight and getting them prepared and watching Yum. my four grandbabies. Yum. The only greens I'll be having on Thanksgiving is Utica greens. <laughs> it's a staple in an Italian home in Utica. So. So the, that's the only greens I'll be having. Well, we'd like to introduce our guest host. She is no other than the remarkable and nice and friendly Rosie. So Rosie, what's up? Nothing much, nothing much. Just so happy to be here. You guys know I'm a big fan of the show. I listen weekly. Um, I'm a, a, a patron advocate, patron advocate for you guys, um, which we appreciate so much. Rosie has me. been with us. Rosie has been with us since the beginning. Yep, very beginning. Day one. As We're day one. Since you are our favorite guest host, we want to know you get the drink of the week. So, what's your drink of the week? Okay, my drink of the week is called Good Sex. Not that it will 
promise that you have good sex, but if you have enough of it and if you have bad sex, at least you won't remember it. (laughs) (laughs) So this is how we make it for good sex. You're going to have about three-fourths ounce of vodka. And I have to say, I'm I'm giving you measurements, um, but I don't use measurements. I just pour. Um, this is a drink years and years and years ago, I went to bartender school and this is one of the favorite drinks that I learned to make when I was in bartender school. So it has vodka, three, four ounce of vodka, peach liqueur, which is very good, half ounce of peach liqueur, coconut rum, half ounce of coconut rum, um, splash of genadine for that special color, kind of reminds me of tequila sunrise a little bit. Um, one and a half ounces of orange juice and one and a half ounces of pineapple juice. Mix into a tall glass and enjoy. And hopefully the name of the drink will bring you good luck and you can enjoy <laughs> some of that, the good sex drink and the good sex later on. Mm. You know, I sense a theme. I sense a theme because you're having us drink good sex and my my themed pen for the day is suck a dick Sunday. So it's a whole thing we got going there you on go. today. There you go. I was trying to find liquor and everything, but the, the good liquor store closed around me and the other fancy liquor store don't carry barefoot. Who what what kind of what kind of liquor store doesn't carry barefoot? That one, apparently. Hmm. Nope, 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 nope. Nope, boo on them, boo on them. I will say it's, <clears throat> the drink is actually, it, the drink is very delicious, but I didn't have any rum. So I just added more vodka and peach liqueur. <laughs> so. Hey, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Always, um, always improvise. Always. Makes for Best drinks very are fun made drinks. That way. Yes. This is true. That's how I got the mermaid drink or the oh. uni- the unicorn drink, not the mermaid drink, but the unicorn the- drink. I just made it up. I was just like, hmm, this sounds good. Oh, yeah. Speaking of drinks. Those are the best ones. It's I always make I always make the drink of the week. There you go. See, I love that. I love that you do that. And speaking of drink of the weeks, drinks of the week. Yeah. We are going to go right into our uh, shot and chaser. Uh, For those who are just listening for the first time, where have you been? Right. (laughs) Where have you been? You need to go back, listen to all of our episodes. Our first episode kicks off with Ms. Denise Oliver-Velez. Highly recommend that episode. It's longer, but man, does she have some amazing things to say Uh, in that interview that people need to hear. It was Uh, remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. I mean, what a way to kick off the show, you know, yeah. that was just, she's amazing. I love her. Um, but for, great gems. Oh, yes. Uh, but for those who are just joining us, our shot and chaser, each of us has a topic that we're going to cover. We don't know who is going to cover what. Um, that's the shot. Our chaser is our response to those topics. So we will get started with this week's shot and chaser with Shantae. Well, my shot and chaser. So, you know, it, I, I usually will have it on point by a certain week, but it's like certain day of the week, but it's just like, 
I just be like sometimes like forgetting. I'll be like, oh, I forgot to have like my shot and chasers over the week. So my shot and chasers of the week is unfortunately, you know, the Grand Insurrectionist Party, formerly known as the Republican Party, is now in control of the House, but not of a larger number. They have the same number that the Democrats had in this past Congress. So, which is about to be the previous mm-hmm. Congress. So they did not win by astronomical seats like the Democrats did back in 2018 or when they first won a lot of seats back in 2010 to 2014. So that house, they already said what they were going to do. We already have expressed what they were going to do. They're going to do bogus ass investigations. And those four Republicans or no, these Mm -hmm. three, four Republicans that got elected in New York state and even in Florida, that got elected in New York State. I mean, in um, Florida, yeah, in Florida, yeah, in Florida. You know what I mean. Um, especially in New York State, you can't be a radical Republican. You can get away with it in Florida, but you can't get away with it in New York State. So if you vote with those crazy ass Republicans, you will lose your fucking seat. We know mm-hmm. Westchester and the District Twenty Two. They will like completely flip that shit. Long Island, there's a slim chance, but. Let them not like bring up legislation about salt because that's a big one. They will lose their fucking seats. So this here is going to be a shit show. These people are not going to legislate because Republicans do not legislate at all. That is past history before I was born and now. They do not legislate. So to all of those fucking idiots that voted for them, how do you feel? Because your inflation problem will not be solved by them. It will be solved by the president and the Senate. The, oh my goodness. The, the deal, the only thing they're going to do is waste tax pay, uh, taxpayers' money because they want to do an investigation on a private citizen who never held a political office, Hunter Biden, They want to investigate him and his laptop, which just boggles my mind that we're still talking about Hunter Biden's laptop, a private citizen who has nothing to do. Um, What they need to be doing is, and and they're saying that that's uh, national security, his laptop, which makes absolutely no no sense whatsoever. National security, they need to be worried about the the white nationalists in this Mm -hmm. country. They need to be worried about the, the domestic terrorism we have going on in this country. They need to be looking at um, the inflation, which it looks like is coming down before they're even in office, before they even take control. It looks like it's starting to come down. Gas prices, of course, was, was the big issue. Um, President Biden did a lot on, on that, even though he has no control over gas prices. He released extra barrels of oil. Um, he, he, he admonished the gas companies and, t- and told them what it is that they, they need to do to help the American people, which they refuse to listen to. Oh, well, but the we, GOP voted against the oil and exactly. gas price gouging bill. Exactly, exactly. So they have no room to talk mm-hmm. as far as inflation, as far, which is being done worldwide. It is not here. And we have one of the lowest inflation rates in the world. But mm-hmm. uh, you will never hear that from them. You will never hear. You will never see them try to legislate to bring down inflation. You will never see them try to legislate to bring down um, or to go after some of these terrorist groups. You will never see them legislate gun reform. What well, we had another shooting last night. 
at a at a uh, at a gay club. Five people killed, eighteen people injured, and they're looking at some of those eighteen people that were injured might not make it. They are ridiculous. They are bogus. Only thing they are trying to do is usher in a new form of crystal fascism into this country, and I'm just I'm just sick of it. I'm just sick of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're going to have to deal with them for the next two years. And hopefully in, in 2024, people will finally realize, I think people are starting to realize now because they didn't win by the margins that they thought they was going to win. They lost seats that they were, um, they just knew they were going to win, but they lost certain seats. And so people are starting to wake up a little bit. Um, hopefully by 2024, um, our country is not in such a, a dire mess that people will um, be able to open their eyes up even more and see that who is the party, who are the people, not really the party, but who are the people that are truly working for the Americans, you know, for the American people. It's definitely no one in the Republican Party. Mm-mm. No, it's not. And it goes, it goes back so far. Like I, <clears throat> I was like a lot of people assuming that this extreme right-wing agenda started back with like Nixon and Reagan, you know, when they started courting these evangelical Christians, but I actually was listening to Rachel Maddow Ultra Mm -hmm. with right-wing conspiracy and right-wing collusion with Nazi Germany to do the same thing here. And it's, if you, if you guys, if like, if our listeners, you guys, if you haven't heard it yet, I highly recommend you listen to it because this problem goes back so far. Like it, it goes way, way back. So I would take a listen on that because the Republican agenda hasn't changed. They hit it for a little while, but it's back in there. This is what they plan to do. So and, you know, where, where do you think the Nazis got there when they were um, going after the Jewish people? Where they got that from? Mm-hmm. From America. Yeah. yeah. They got um, the way that they treated the Jews, the way that they went after them. Um, they got from Jim Crow America. They looked at what was happening in America during the Jim Crow era, took mm-hmm. that and applied it to the Jewish people in Germany. Yep. America was the foundation of their Nazism. Yep. Yep. Which a lot of people do not realize. Yep. And their whole, the whole eugenics program that they had with eliminating the mentally, you know, the, you know, the mentally ill and things mm-hmm. like that. They got that from California. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. big blue mm-hmm. liberal state, California. Well, it didn't used to be. So, yeah. So Rosie, what do you have for our shot this week? Okay. My shot is concerning our shot, my shot is concerning uh, Governor of Virginia, Governor Youngkin, um, who campaigned on banning CRT, anti-racial, uh, anti-racist curriculum, and LGBTQ plus inclusion. He, that's what he ran on. He's trying to beat out Abbott and um, DeSantis in Florida, I think, is all the only thing he's trying to do. But before I, I get more into what my thing is. Um, I want to just talk just a short minute on um, CRT, critical race theory, because it is my biggest pet peeve in education right now. Um, Only thing the Republicans have done, they've taken, um, it's not even a movement, it's a concept. They've taken a concept 
and politicized it. CRT is not even taught in K through 12 schools. I'm gonna read you, I, I wrote it, I'm gonna read you the exact definition and tell me if this is being taught in our K through 12 schools, I had to write it down. Critical race theory, CRT, is a concept on how systematic racism and social conceptions of race and ethnicities influence our laws, our criminal justice system, and other infrastructures within our society. This concept wasn't even developed until the, 70, the late 70s or early 80s. It is only taught at the university level and mainly in law schools. So there's nothing like that that's being taught in our K through 12 schools, nothing at all. And I wish the Republicans would just say, you know what, this really has nothing to do with CRT. Um, we just don't like the fact that um, we have to teach uh, incorporate in American history uh, what happened with the Black folks, what happened with Indigenous people, what happened with other people of colors. We don't want to have to talk about the atrocities they went through in this country. We don't want to have to talk about the successes and the contributions they have made in this country. You know, be truthful. Just come out and say that. Don't blame it on some kind of um, concept that's being taught at the university level. It has nothing to do with what's being taught in K through 12. The only thing they're trying to do is take out, is whitewash history even further to the point where um, it looks like black, indigenous, other people of color, how we should just fall down on our knees before the white population of this country and say, thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you have given us. because everything that we have, every any success that we have is because of you, has nothing to do with us. And that's what they're trying to do and trying to say that, you know, teaching these kinds of things will hurt the white children's feelings. We don't want them to feel bad, you know. Um, but all of that reminds me, I'd seen an interview one time from Bill Barr and the, uh, I can't remember who was interviewing him, but the question was posed to him, uh, how do you think history is going to write about you? This was shortly before he resigned when Trump was in, in pre, in, as the president. His response was, I can't remember his exact words, but so I'm paraphrasing. His response was, well, it depends on who's writing history, who the winners are, because only the winners write the history. Mm -hmm. So the history is only written down from the winner's pers perspective. So it depends on whether the Republicans are the winners or not to determine how I'm gonna be written down in history. And I thought that was profound because he is absolutely right. Whomever is in power has the power to write history however they want. And our history right now, as far as American history has been so whitewashed, you have to do great in depth research to find true, authentic American history and how everybody, every community within our country was involved in the successes of this country. And that is what they're, they're trying to wipe out. Well, no, you know, no other community built this country, no other community contributed to this country, no other community um, has responsibility or can, can, can share in the success of this country because you people had nothing to do with it. It was all us. 
And that's what they're trying to purport and that's what they're trying to teach. So I'm gonna get off my soapbox, sorry guys, and go back to um, Youngkin. So he ran on the campaign of um, banning CRT. So he, based on that, he goes to his superintendent of instruction and say, hey, we need to rewrite our social studies curriculum and our state histories curriculum to reflect banning CRT, which doesn't exist in, in public schools, banning CRT, anti-racism history, LGBTQ inclusion. I want that to be the foundation of my social studies curriculum. So he went, the, so the superintendent of instruction went to task, he has a nine member board. Five of those members were just recently appointed by um, Youngkin. No one on that board um, has a history background. No historians at all on, on that board. They came up with a new, oh, let me go back and say that they did, um, this board did consult two think tanks. One of them, I had to write them down again, so I don't forget the name of them. Uh, just a moment. Oh, shoot. Okay. I guess, okay. I think I found it. Uh, one of the organizations that um, he got was the National Association of Scholars. And they specifically, specifically oppose multiculturalism, education and anti-racist effect efforts in, in the schools. So that's one uh, think tank that they uh, they consulted with. The other think tank that they consulted with was called the Fordham Institute, F-O-R-D-H-A-M. And they praised Yunkin for banning CRT. And this particular organization, they, uh, they promote charter schools and for-profit private schools over public schools. So these are the only two organizations that they consulted. And it took them a month, just one month, to rewrite the curriculum, where previously when Virginia had their curriculum rewritten for social studies, it took 18 months. Now I am a retired educator. Um, I was a teacher and an administrator and I have sat on boards where we have rewritten curriculum. The minimum on the boards that I've sat on, the minimum it took to rewrite a curriculum was two years, two years. This current board out of Virginia, rewrote their entire social studies and state history curriculum in one month, in one month. And in this curriculum, this is what they did. They took out all mention of Martin Luther King for elementary school. I, how do you do that? They took out all mention in elementary school, all mention of Barack Obama. He is mentioned in middle school curriculum, but he's only mentioned no, nothing about his accomplishments, nothing at all about him. The only mention of him is that he was the 44th president. That was it. That's the only mention of him in their social studies curriculum, K through 12, but he was the 44th uh, president. They don't mention at all the very first black governor of, of Virginia. He's not in there at all. They don't mention at all in the social studies K through 12 curriculum, the very first um, black uh, house representative 
for Virginia. Um, they complete, not completely, almost completely, according to what I've read, took out all the uh, successes and accomplishments of um, indigenous people and AAIP people in Virginia took that out. They took out um, the mention of Afri ancient African civilizations in their social uh, studies curriculum and put in or increased the amount of European ancient uh, civil, ancient civilizations from, Euro from Europe. So, so of course they had this big backlash. So on Thursday, just this past Thursday, two days ago, the board apologized and said they want another month. So we're looking at two months as opposed to 18 months, almost two years. Another month to um, revise the curriculum and look at mistakes that they made. What, and, the, and, and the curriculum is full. Now this is what happens when you don't have any history people or historians on a social studies curriculum board. They got a lot of history facts wrong. One of the standards of the social studies curriculum is that um, a student will be able to state the reasons, this was under the Revolutionary War. The students will be able to state the reasons why um, Virginia's capital was changed from Jamestown to Williamsport. Jamestown was never the capital of Virginia. Now, Williamsport was the capital and it was changed to Richmond, but it wasn't Jamestown to Williamsport. So that is, they have so many historical inaccuracies in their social studies curriculum. So I'm just, as, as a, like I said, as a retired educator, this just has me, my mind boggled. Uh, I just like to see you guys' thoughts on that. I think <clears throat> this is what happens when you put ignorant racist people in power. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they erase everything. They, they, like you said, you know, they want to erase Black Indigenous AAPI people. They want to erase that history. They want, they want those communities to kneel and say, oh, thank you, thank you, like you said. And then if anything goes wrong, they want to blame those same communities. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. it's, it is white nationalism in action. Mm -hmm. the, you know, it's, that people wanted, that people voted for this, you know, and it's like, and I'm thinking about my demographic here too, with the suburban white women, you know, during, during the general election for the Virginia, Virginia gubernatorial race, you know, um, during the primaries, it was these suburban white women that were so worried about what their kids are learning in school and what books they're reading. It's like, no, you're worried because they're learning about black and brown and indigenous people you're there you're uncomfortable because they're learning something outside of whiteness mm -hmm. and it yeah it's and it's wholly it's wholly irresponsible too to try to rewrite an entire curriculum in one month or even two it's it, it, it really is and what gets me it is not black history it's not aapi history it's not indigenous history it is american history yes you know that's exactly what it is. It is American history. It is the history of this country. Now we can divide it into, into, into subsects 
um, looking at different <laughs> but it is the American experience. Mm-hmm. Like what is the American experience for black folks, for, for indigenous, for other POC um, as compared to the experience from other people that are coming into. Oh, and another thing that this really floored my mind and I was just, I was just indignant. Um, they, in this curriculum that they've rewritten, they are stating that indigenous people, Native Americans of this country were the first American immigrants. Are you fucking kidding me right now? No, that's what there's, that is what's in their curriculum. That's, that was the rewritten that they took a month to do that they are saying that indigenous people of the United States of America were the first immigrants to this country. So they're just gonna erase what all of these different white people from Europe and other parts of the country did to indigenous people. Mm -hmm. That's how you save those feelings of the little kids. So they don't feel bad. Yeah, save the feelings of the little white kids. What about the black and brown kids? Exactly. What about their feelings? Exactly. Uh, Shantae. I'm just shaking my head. I, I have nothing to say. I'm just shaking my head because this is what goes back to what your demographic voted for, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Every damn time. Every damn time. And and it's and it's so scary. Like what our our our, our kids are actually learning in school now. They're they're learning false histories. Um I mean, if this continues, like um, he has it in Virginia, like they're, re- they're supposedly going to rewrite it because of all the backlash. But look at Florida, look at Texas. This is this is this is a groundswell that's going to be going across our country. And it's going to be we're going to have children who do not know the true history. They're going to grow up believing lies. This is this is why Democrats. Or non-Republican affiliated voters who care about these issues need to start focusing on the local level with school boards and things like that because the Republicans have been working on that for decades to get down to the very base of it to where it begins teaching our children and laying those foundations. And so Democrats and anyone who claims to be anti-racist or an ally or anything like that, this is where we need to start focusing energy to is in these local races, because what fucking kind of future are we going to have with these Republicans rewriting history and lying about it? So, Precisely. Yeah. I, I have a, 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 I have four grandchildren. My oldest one is she's in kindergarten this year. And I'm just, I'm just scared of what she's being taught or what she's not being taught. And so I'm going to take it upon myself to make sure that she knows true history, you know, because I don't think she's going to be learning it and where she's at. Jesus. It just, it's so much further reaching than a lot of people think it is. It really is. So... Well, I am, see, now I don't want to do my shot because it's like, 
not as serious. <laughs> oh no, we need a pick me up. We need so, a pick me up. Uh, so this week I decided I was going to hit pop culture. I think culture. I depressed us. Yeah. So I picked yeah. pop culture this week. I'm not, I'm not really much of a pop culture person. I don't really keep up with a whole lot of it, but I, one of the few times I've done pop culture, last time I talked pop culture, I talked about the Sandman, the Netflix show, the Sandman and how I was telling everybody that they needed to watch it so we can get the viewership for a second season. And we got a second season. A second season is coming of the Sandman on Netflix. For anyone that's not familiar with the Sandman, it's based on a comic book. Um, it's based on a comic book written by Neil Gaiman and Sean, Sean McManus from the 1990s. It's a DC comic. Um, and it's about the Sandman, the king of the dream world, basically, and his siblings, the Endless. Um, so it's been renewed for a second season. But what I really wanted to talk about with it is um, the way that it looks like it's probably going to be going. Um, I've talked before about the diverse casting that they have in the show. Um, they have more black faces than they did in the comic books, um, including one of the main characters, Death, Dream's sister. Um, his librarian for his realm is a black woman. Uh, one of his other siblings, Desire, I was very impressed with how they actually cast a non-binary person in that role because Desire in the comics is a non-binary person. Um, so for the second season, um, it looks like they're going to be debuting Wanda Mann, M-A-N-N, and she is a transgender character. So I'm very excited about that. She first appeared in Sandman number 32 in November of 1991. Uh, she was a major player in the comic uh, Game of You. It's the, it's the fifth major story of the comic series. Um, and it dealt heavily with her identity as a transgender woman. Hmm. And so in the comics, she's a close friend of Barbie, who was played by uh, Lily Travers in the first season. She had a small role, um, but it looks like they're going to be shifting to cover the story of Wanda um, and what Neil Gaiman is wanting them to do is actually hire transgender writers to write that part of the series, not just consultants. He wants them to hire transgender writers. So super, super excited to hear about that. Yes, I'm excited for the second season. They're gonna be introducing um, Destruction and Delirium, um, two of the siblings that were not introduced in the first season, um, but I'm mainly just most excited about them bringing Wanda and making her a central part of the second season. I think that is excellent. I love that show. And I cannot wait for the second season to start. Um, and, and because of that show, I always had this funny feeling, you know, I have to say it like the death angel comes or whatever. But after watching the uh, the, the sister death on mm -hmm. this show, it completely changed my mind. I was like, well, you know, that's not so bad. She just wants to help and usher them in, make sure they have a safe time and they're not frightened. And I said, oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I like. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> she's such an amazing character. She really is. You know, it's, she's 
I mean, even with reading the comics and everything, and I will say in the, the comics, you know, they did do a decent job. You know, it was revolutionary at the time because they had a trans character. Mm-hmm. But times have changed. Realities have changed. Perceptions of the trans community have changed. So I'm glad that he's taking that into consideration. But yeah, with, with Death, I just, she's always been my favorite character with that series. And I'm just, yeah. I'm I'm glad that they... I'm glad that they switched up that role and that they put a black woman in that role and in other roles. I'm glad that they made it more diverse than the comics were. So, yeah. Now, what do you got, Shantae? Ask you the comics are going to come. Oh, I don't watch the show. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I, I, I watch the Equalizer a lot. So, you know, but it does sound like a good comic book. So uh, like a comic series. So, but DC always been a little bit more on the edgier side of when it comes to certain things. So this is one of those few instances where DC has done better than Marvel. I agree with that. I mean, the two good things to come out of DC, the Sandman and Wonder Woman, the rest of their stuff has been crap. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. <sighs> so that that's what I got. So what do, what do we have next? We are introducing our bitches and bitch asses and badasses of the week. But before we introduce them once this week, we got to recap last week. So last week, the nominees for bitch asses of the week was Elon Musk. You know what? Nice. Before, we don't have to explain that. Mm-hmm. Jay Jacobs, New York State. Um, Democratic chair who basically just let his own turf go red and let most of the state try to go red. He shat the bed. Yep. And pundits and pollsters from getting predictions of this election wrong. So Red wave. The winner <laughs> was 73% goes to, of course, Elon Musk, and he's trying to destruct the site more. But thankfully, Twitter will always stand. You saw that he brought the former guy back, right? And I blocked the that that bum. So me too. Yeah. Me, me too. As soon as I seen it, I went straight to that page and blocked it. Mm-hmm. But they're saying that he's gonna refuse to come back on. Fine by me. That'd be great. I mean, how ironic would it be for him to leave his own failing social media site and go back to Twitter? Yeah. It, but I mean, he is pathetic, so it'll probably happen at some 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 point. Yeah, yeah. You know, he he, he can't help himself. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And this past week, I mean, this last last week's badasses of the week nominees was Josh Shapiro's campaign for running amazing campaign and flipping Pennsylvania blue. Some people should have took note. Well, we're not gonna say who who. Um, mm-hmm. Wakanda Forever cast, which the movie was good. I gotta go see it, and. You know, the country finally elected eight women Democratic governors, even though not one is Black, but we, that's a whole nother conversation. So mm-hmm. the winner with 59% goes to women Democratic governors being elected. Because women get shit done. More specifically, exactly. Black women get shit done, but my demographic in Georgia just decided to fuck off. Watch your mouth. Yeah. My daughter telling me to watch my mouth. And tell you the truth. <laughs> and um, my governor better thank Black people for voting for her. 
And make sure that she makes it a point to spend time with black communities and not just hang around when she needs their votes. And how about she just need to put one black woman just in her, her executive administration? Because I see a lot of white women. That part. She's got mm -hmm. she's got a black man on her ticket with her as lieutenant governor, but she's got no black women. You saw the pictures, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's none. There's none. Mm -hmm. So this week's nominees. Who's your nominee, Sarah? My nominee for this week, I gotta find my phone because I've already <clears throat> freaking forgotten. So much has happened. So much has happened. A week's worth of stuff has happened in just one day. Um, my nominee mm -hmm. is Mehdi Hassan. And I need to find the screenshot <laughs> that I took of why he's my nominee for bitch ass. Oh. Oh my God. Hold on. Hold on. I bet I know which one you're talking about. I sent it. I sent it to the group. There it is. Yeah, he tweeted out. <clears throat> Why does a 52-year-old Black man who has served in Congress for a decade, been in elected politics mm. for 15 years, and before that, a top lawyer, need his hand held or to be guided as speaker? Am I the only one who sees this Pelosi move as a little patronizing vis-a-vis -vis Jeffries? It's like, that's really your take? Because that's not what Pelosi was thinking. The fact that you are articulating that on a platform says that you are the one thinking mm -hmm. that and thinking that he's not capable. If Pelosi didn't think that he was capable, she would not have been mentoring him. She would not have been propping him up. She would not be stepping down from leadership role and putting her full backing behind Hakeem Jeffries. So it, to, me, to me, it sounds more like Mehdi Hassan is saying something about himself Yes, absolutely. Than, than Nancy Pelosi. So that that's my nominee for bitch ass of the week. My uh oh so so uh mine is Rick Scott. Rick Scott for trying to be new leadership at the age of 70. And got his ass beat by Mitch McConnell anyway. Rosie, who's yours? Mine was Mitch McConnell because he <laughs> I couldn't believe it. He voted no on the um, on the Marriage Act, which uh, includes interracial marriage, and he's in an interracial marriage. How do you vote no on a marriage act when when you're married to someone outside of your race? That makes absolutely no sense to me. But there he is. He's just following the, 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 the GOP tagline like they all do, regardless of how it affects family. You know, um, what did that say to his wife? You know, that her husband, the man that I'm assuming she loves is, I got a gag on that, but the man that she assumingly loves is going to vote against their own marriage. I mean, that's, to me, that is just wild. I mean, it's Mitch McConnell. If anybody knows selfishness, it's that man. It, it is. And like I said, how... how but how dare I mean, he? How dare he? 
And, and again, I can't imagine what his wife, how, how he explained that no vote to his wife. Mm. I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Yeah. So let's run down those nominees. Yeah. But anyway, anybody, my feeling is anybody. Yes. So let's run down those nominees. So we got Mehdi Hassan, mm -hmm. Rick Scott, Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell. Now, ending on a good note with badasses of the week, Sarah, who should pick? Nancy freaking Pelosi. I mean, the woman is a damn queen. She successfully kept our party and the house together and secured some of the most consequential votes for some of the most consequential bills in history. The woman knows how to do the job. She understands the fucking assignment. She always has. And I'm heartbroken, absolutely heartbroken that she's not seeking reelection as a leader of the party. I understand that it's time. I accept that it's time. And I accept that the assault on her husband has a large part to do with that. Exactly. But yes. also that she also she's a badass because she's putting every ounce of her support behind Hakeem Jeffries. And she is looking forward for the party and the future of our party is in leaders like Hakeem Jeffries. So, yeah. And speaking of Hakeem Jeffries, he's my nominee for Badass of the Week because one, he's from my hometown. He's not from my home borough, but he's from my hometown. And it's nothing to have nothing but hometown love in Washington. I mean, my senator is from my hometown, not from my home borough. And Hakeem Jeffries is from the same borough as the leader, uh, I mean, well, excuse me, the majority leader of the Senate. So they're both Brooklyn Knights. So awesome. Good things come out of Brooklyn, huh? Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. So Hakeem Sekou Jeffries is my nominee. And Rosie, who's yours? I had to go with um, Nancy Pelosi also because she, like she said, she is just badass. Look at the different factions that we, we, we have in the Democratic Party. You have the Democratic Socialists. You have the, the Warren Democrats. You have the squad. Oh, I cannot stand them. But anyway, she was able to keep all of them together, even though we, you know, they, they would spout out now and then. But as a collective, she was able to keep everybody on the same agenda. And I think she is the best house speaker um, that we have had in our lifetime. You know, mm -hmm. she also like, like Sarah Harris. Maybe ever, maybe but, ever. But you also exactly. have VP Harris too. You did. You also exactly. have VP Harris. Exactly, exactly. So um, VP Harris, because everybody that she campaigned for won, Every single person that she campaigned for won, which a couple of people should have took note of that. Ohio, North Carolina, but they didn't and they suffered for it. Um, but she has been running across the country. She, I, I applaud her for getting out the, uh, the Gen Z vote. She was at colleges. She was at universities talking about 
abortion rights and what can we do to, to, to bring this to fruition that, you know, we can have abortion rights, you know, and, and, and body autonomy. And she was just out there across the country doing it for campaigning for people, campaigning for abortion rights. She top tier, top tier. Oh my goodness. I, I love that woman. She and Pelosi together are the two best things I think this country has to offer right now. Yep. And for all the people asking, where's the VP? Where's the VP? Oh my God, she's so doing her damn job is what exactly. she's doing. Exactly. God. Those she posts her schedule nuts. every single day. It's very easy to see where she is. They just don't choose to see where she is. Mm -hmm. The media chooses not to, to um, advertise or not advertise, but to show all what she's doing. Yep. No one has ever, you ever hear anybody ask, where's Mike Pence? I don't remember, not one time. What is Mike Pence doing? Besides kissing at the butt of Trump, what is he doing? Exactly. So yeah. who's our, who, who, what's the rundown of our nominees again for Badass? Well, Badass is Nancy Pelosi, Hakeem Jeffries, VP Harris. Yes. All very solid choices, in my opinion. Which doesn't always mean anything, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> so we are at the end of our episode. Thank you so much, Rosie, for coming and joining us this week. So excited to have you here. And thank you so much for being a longtime listener and supporter. Thank you for having me. I so much enjoyed it. And so happy to see you guys and be able to talk to you. So, and we will Thanks keep talking. <laughs> we will keep talking with Rosie during our after show episode of Unapologetically Saucy. So you'll want to catch us for that. Become a patron so you can get access to that. Uh, as well as early access to this episode on Mondays. So thank you again, Miss Rosie. We will see you all next week. Look us up online at T-H-E-E, Joyful She, on all social media platforms, and we'll catch y'all next week. No, we won't, because it's Thanksgiving. We'll catch y'all the week after Thanksgiving. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Unapologetically She. I'm Sarah. I'm Shante. I'm Eliane. You can find us on all social media platforms at the T-H-E-E Joyful She. And it's because of listeners like you that we are able to share our thoughts on current events. Please support us on Patreon at the Joyful She. We'll see you online.